Hello and welcome to the St. James Podcast, as we begin this, the most holy week of the Christian year. A week that begins with our Gospel story today, the Gospel of the Palms. Now, with our church building remaining closed and cases of Covid rising in our area, we are facing a crucial few weeks. So I encourage you to hold fast, to pray, to wash your hands, to wear your mask, to book your vaccine as soon as you're eligible, and to stay home as much as you're able, and to take care of yourself amidst this difficult time, and others. I hope you'll find time in this week to join us online for worship, uh, be it today, Palm Sunday, uh, 9.30am on Facebook, this week, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, we have Compline live streaming at 8.30. On Maundy Thursday, a service remembering the first Eucharist and foot washing at 7pm. On Good Friday, we gather at 9.30am online. And next Sunday, Easter Sunday, again at 9.30am for the celebration of the Feast of the Resurrection. I really want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's working so hard to keep our church community connected and worshipping and active through these months. This will only be the second Easter in my living memory that I have not gathered in person with my church community to celebrate. And Christians throughout the world are feeling that struggle. But we also know that it's in keeping with the message of Easter that we do this now for new life for all people. And I hope and pray that as eventually we come out of this time of pandemic, we'll be able to experience new life with a whole lot of meaning attached to it. So today, let's turn to our reading that starts off the drama of Holy Week. We're going to take a moment to prepare our hearts and heads to hear these words that we find in St. Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately, as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said, What are you doing, untying that colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now this is a short eleven verses with very little action in it. I mean, what really happens? Jesus borrows a colt rides into Jerusalem with a crowd that are shouting, and he looks around before heading home again. But of course, 
there's all sorts going on beneath the surface. Let's start with the literary drama. This passage marks the conclusion of a journey, one that's been progressing in Mark's Gospel at least uh, with intent since chapter 8. And Jesus finally arrives at the Holy City, the home of God in the temple and the heart of the Jewish religion. It's the journey that we might say in a more uh, combined gospel that when we put all those stories together, this is where he's been heading. This is the crescendo towards the end of the symphony. This is the heart of the story where we've been getting to. In terms of the Holy Week narrative, this is the literary high before the fall. There's a great reversal to the week where the crowds that are cheering become the crowds that call for crucifixion, where the sense of triumph is turned to tragedy. In terms of the theological action, though, Mark is weaving together a number of threads here. The first is a reference back to the prophets. Here Jesus is seen as one who's engaged in a prophetic action, much like Jeremiah or Ezekiel, or the the Navim of old like Elijah and Elisha. His actions are a commentary on the situation of God's people. In this case, their willingness to herald a king of their own design and expectation rather than one of God's. Their cries of Hosanna to the son of David as a title for the Messiah suggested a victorious king over a nationalistic agenda. But a victorious king didn't ride on a foal or a colt. Rather, this is the animal ridden by a messenger of peace. Mark's reference here seems to be back to the prophet Zechariah, who in chapter 9 of his book writes, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem! Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. The identity of Zechariah's king is rather mysterious, and a real challenge to traditional imagery. A military king or messiah would have ridden a war horse and been accompanied by archers and chariots, yet these are the things that are cut off or banished by the messiah that Zechariah describes. The other reference Mark seems to be touching on stems from a more recent event in Israel's history, the Maccabean Revolt against the Hellenistic ruler Antiochus IV about 200 years prior to this first Palm Sunday, the day when Simon Maccabeus rides into Jerusalem with crowds who are shouting praise and waving palm branches, seeking to restore the true religion of the Jewish people which Antiochus was attempting to dismantle, and you can read about that in the first book of Maccabees, chapter 13. That Jesus will now end up in that place, in the centre of Jewish faith, connects him in this difficult image of one side being the bringer of peace, riding with humility and service, and on the other, the liberator and restorer of faith. What of the political action that's going on here? Some commentators have been keen to contrast the action of Jesus on Palm Sunday with a political action at the time that on the other side of Jerusalem a very different scene would have been playing out, with the Roman governor and troops riding and marching in military strength, in a parade that was designed to intimidate and to claim authority, and to do this almost provokingly at the height of a Jewish religious festival. And so we have the mirror images, 
the waving of palm branches versus the brandishing of swords and spears, the donkey versus the chariots and war horses, the common people versus the military machine. Little more could set Jesus in opposition to common human ideas of power and might than this. Except Friday, which will show a very different idea about how we arrive at victory. Let us pray. Victorious God, whose son Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and was hailed by crowds as the Messiah, give to us and your whole church courage to proclaim and live your gospel, even when it stands in opposition to the world around us. And may we do so in the way we live, speak and serve. And let us follow Jesus in the way of love, hope, obedience and sacrifice. We ask this in his name. Amen. Thanks for joining me today. Go safely and God bless you.